Voldemort, Voldemort, ooh, Voldy, 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 Voldemort. Hi, and welcome to the Three Broom Chicks. I'm Jenny. I'm Mary Ann. And I'm Elizabeth. And today we're going to be talking about a little known guy. A <laughs> little known? <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of him. <laughs> you know, he has a name that people don't really like to say. He yeah. must not be named. What? You know who? Huh? The Dark Lord. What? what? Tom Riddle. What? Don't Voldemort? know him. Wow. Sometimes so I many refer names. To him as, and I do this in our notes today, Lady V. <laughs> Lady. Oh God, no. <laughs> swear to swear to God. No way. <laughs> it is in the notes. Find it. If you're interested in seeing our notes for each episode, we'll screenshot them and send them to you. No, this time you're gonna have to pay money because this <laughs> is 14 pages of gold coming at you today. I worked for nine hours on this. Yes, this pay is, me. This is Jenny's baby project. All this about is, honestly. This is me carrying on the woman suffrage movement. You're gonna pay me for my work. <laughs> Anyways. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to take a quick moment to thank lots of people. Wow. First of all, the people that keep coming back to our shenanigans and Woo. listening to us. Yeah. And responding to us on social media. You guys are great and we love you so, so much. Thanks, everyone. But also, podcast fam, we want to shout out Florida Men on Florida Man. Wow. Yeah. If you want to go ahead and visit FMOFM.com, they're oh. great, guys. First, before you go there, though, you should listen to their podcast. It's about all Thanks, Florida. They have wow. been super welcoming to us. Super Dang nice it. people. Phenomenal podcast. I pee my pants laughing they're every funny. time. Yeah, they're really funny. They talk about like Florida man headlines. Yes. Because, you know, mm-hmm. us Florida people are We're wild. weird. We're wild. What's people. going on? The Australia, the US of A. Greg is our favorite. Greg is definitely our favorite. Um, Sorry, everyone else. Sorry to Wayne, Josh, and Cameron. Uh, not super sorry to Cameron, though, because as graduates of the University of Florida. Exactly. Go Cameron Gators. went to Florida State. Ew. Uh, if you're not from here, that's located in a little known town called Tallanasty, Florida. Ew. Google it. Ew. Uh, so, yeah, we like him the least. <laughs> Anyway. Go Gators. <laughs> so we're going to move on into our corrections tab. Take it away, Elizabeth. Whoa. All right. So corrections. Um, our first correction is not really a correction, more of a <laughs> clarification. It's like a building upon my comment. Yes. So during our um, history symbolism and hashtag political, political themes, themes episode, uh, Jenny did bring up uh, that there was a witch uh, back in the J. Um, who like to get caught. Oh, back in the day. I yeah. thought you said back in the J. No. I, I like, did hear that as well. I was well. like, is this a new Jenny thing? I no. love it. Back in the day. <laughs> day. Uh, there was a witch who liked to get caught for fun. Yes, and, and I promised the fans I would get the information. And here I am like two episodes later. Wow. Giving you the information. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the information Jenny is- delivers. Even though she doesn't deliver on time. This she is still an delivers. Prime, girl. <laughs> There's no two day delivery. No. <laughs> Pay me for my work. Or maybe it is two like two, but it's like two, two episodes. episode delivery. I'm Jenny Prime. Jenny Prime. <laughs> anyway, so the witch who uh, did all of this, her name is Wendelin. Um Wendelin the Weird. Wendelin the Weird. Because yeah. who wants to get caught a bunch of times she's, and be put on trials? She's probably a Ravenclaw. <laughs> probably. More than likely. 
Uh, she comes up in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. And fun fact, she was caught 47 times. Yeah, I think I, in the episode I said something about like 70, uh, but I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, li- we're exaggerating just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, um, I also didn't like go out of my way to find this for you guys, just so you know. <laughs> um, I'm listening to that audiobook and Harry's writing an essay for History of Mansion. No way. <laughs> it comes this, up? Yes, it was like about the irrelevance of witch burnings. And, uh, and she came up. So I was like, hey, I promised people I would find this. And lo and behold, I did. Wow. Irrelevance of witch burnings. Interesting. That's not what the title is, but that's my synopsis. I like <laughs> it. I like it. Thank I wish you. I was in that class. Wow. <laughs> the irrelevance. It's in History of Magic. I know. Yes. All right. So. Oh, my. Oh, my God. What? Uh, there's an owl in here. <laughs> Owls belong outside, Elizabeth. Hey, don't be mean to Hydrangea, okay? Oh, I was about to call her Poinsettia. No! <laughs> Let's just all have a different name for her. No, her name is Hydrangea, the cousin of Hedwig, okay? okay. No, sister of Hedwig. The we, sister, it's the sister. The sister? Yes. Gosh. Uh, it's we, like you don't remember. even listen to our podcast. She's so cute, though. Look at her. Wow. Well, nobody can see her because they're listening right now. But they they just heard her. She just did like a little. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Jumping into our outpost. Yes. That's our super long intro to our outpost. <laughs> yeah. Right. Whatever. All right. So we have a lot of questions today because I guess everyone's really excited. We just to... have like a lot of fans, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's really excited to learn more about Voldemort. I mean, he's our big yeah. dad. Yeah. He's our big bad. So just so that you know, for the second time in the history of this podcast, I opened up the books. Woo. Wow. And we're going to put a pin in that. Oh, yeah. We're putting a... <laughs> it's like a giant pin. It's a giant pin. Like we're, our pin cushion is not big enough for, for this, this pin. pin. Yeah. We will, we will get there right after Outpost. All right. So... I really kind of want to take the first question. Go ahead. Because it makes me laugh. <laughs> not not only one person submitted this question, <laughs> several people did. I'm going to go with the first person, you know, first come, first serve. Where did his nose go? Where did his nose go? <laughs> We're also putting a pin in that. Oh. Double pinning it today. Whoa. Uh, this comes bing, up bing. Uh, a little bit later. In the episode, because he himself talks about, like, what's going on with him. Really? I wrote it down. Interesting. Thank you, Jenny, for doing the research today. No, it is not a good answer. Oh. (laughs) You know what? Let's just unpin it now. We don't know where his nose went. Okay. What? I have have a theory. Hit me with it. So, my theory is each time he split his soul, you're literally becoming less and less human yes so i feel like with each additional split you kind of look a little bit different so it's kind of like how we talked about with uh fenrir grayback in our uh uh, riddles gang episode wow how fenrir just you know fought his transformation so much that he ended up looking more and more like a a a full-time werewolf yeah yeah um i feel the same way with voldemort by the time his soul is split for the seventh time or sixth time or whatever that's it. Like there's 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 only so much actual physical human left. And so I feel like he started to just take the form of like I don't I don't know some his final form. So I do touch upon this. 
I was later gonna say on in the episode, but mm-hmm. let's just whatever. Let's just let's unwrap bring up this. The goodies early. Yeah, bring up the goods. Um, there is a part where they describe him as snake-like. Yes. So I think that's part of him losing the nose, but also when he was in the forests in Albania, he possessed a lot of snakes. He said that it was his preferred animal to inhabit. Well, yeah. So maybe he's just becoming more like them. I don't know if you guys know snakes don't have proper noses. No. Yep. So. I'm going to say, too, isn't that so interesting, especially now that we've done, like, our History of Magic episode? (gasps) Yes. You're giving away all the goodies. Yes, I'm giving away all the goodies that the fact that we know that snakes are a symbol for resurrection and he's, like, resurrecting himself and now he's looking more like a snake. I think that's just really cool. Thanks, Raul, for giving us all those tidbits and the little histories. Spooky season. I love it. All right. Speaking so, of Raul. Yeah, speaking of Raul. So <laughs> Raul, again, one of our biggest stands. Yes. Thank you, hubby. Hit him up. He's running the fan club. <laughs> All right. So he asked a question and he asked, uh, given his backstory, do you feel sympathy for Tom Riddle or is that erased for his evil deeds? It's a pretty big question. It's a huge question. <laughs> yeah. I'm mad that he asked it because now we have to answer it. Whew. I don't have any sympathy uh, for yeah, him. I was going to go with no sympathy. When I was thinking about this question earlier, I was like, you know, people make mistakes. Like maybe it was his upbringing, but like I just can't. I don't have there any sympathy. There is nothing there for me. I will yeah. explain later. All, all his backstory did for me was at least give me something more concrete as to why he may be doing the things he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. It just gave me, it just gave me like, it just gave me like evidence. Yeah. Some, yeah. Some, yeah. Some place for me to place my feet and like stand in his story and like understand. It gave me answers. It gave me to answers. the questions. questions. Oh, oh man. the questions of our so podcast. Hashtags. So, <laughs> so yeah, like I think that's all it did. I don't, I don't feel any sympathy for him whatsoever. I am mm-hmm. one of those big believers that his uh, death in the movies was too easy, and I prefer his death in the books. Um, I, I think he deserves the most trash in life. The most trash. The most trash. Like Wally, Sub- the amount of trash that. in the movie Wally. Yeah. That amount of trash. I've never seen that. What? We've already I'm talked. I'm <laughs> sorry if you're wearing earphones. <laughs> yeah, that was today. really loud. RIP headphone users. <laughs> but no, you need to go watch Wally. Everyone needs to go watch Wally. We need to take care of our planet, people. Okay. Anyways, I mean, I hashtag multi fandom. With that message, um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess if you don't know me, if you want a fun fact about Jenny, uh, I really haven't seen a lot of movies through no fault of my own. And not a lot of Disney movies. Not a yeah, lot. I've apparently. seen like five Disney movies, and every single one of them has happened after the age of 17. That's so strange. Uh, yeah. Has to so, be fixed. I guess my life is rigged. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. All right. So our next question um, is, what do you think caused him to be what he was? How he was? Like, truly. (laughs) I like the way this question's phrased. Yeah. Well, then there's part A, which is a separate entry, but from the same person. Yes. Uh, Part A was, uh, why was he so theatrical? Uh, (laughs) All right. So let's start with the first part. What do I think caused him to be what he was? I kind of talk about this later in the episode. Retweet. I think that he had, like, hella abandonment issues. Oh, yeah. Like, he's got daddy issues for days. (laughs) 
he's the definition of daddy problems. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm I'm like seeing like a mental picture of like Voldemort in a in a shirt that says like daddy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How he was I don't know. Because he was raised in that orphanage, but he was like super evil. Yeah. Like even when when Dumbledore goes to visit him, he was a creepy kid. Yeah, I think it's it's like one of those like he grew up like already like he was born ready to be a serial killer. <laughs> I, like yes, I agree. I have a theory, but I'm going to get to it in just a hot second. Are so you I'm gonna, gonna put pin, a it. pin it. Pin it. Pin it. Yeah. <laughs> I learned the theme song. Good for that. job. I'm so excited. All right. So yeah. uh, and I guess why was he so theatrical? Because why not, man? If you're evil and menacing, <laughs> have fun with that, Seth, man. Be the, the villain. Teacher. Yes, yeah. dude. I think that was a a choice of Ralphians as he played the character. Um, I just I, can't believe it's him. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I mean, in general, it's the first time I saw Ralphians like his full face with the nose on it yeah. <laughs> compared <laughs> really to close. like what we first saw in Goblet of Fire. I was like, wow, how is this a person? Um, so thank you. Like, I don't know. Technology. He wasn't made in <laughs> Manhattan. I was going to say that. Yes. I was going to be like, I can't believe he's Voldemort because I loved him. In made in Manhattan. If you haven't seen that movie, it stars Voldemort and Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> yes. Made, he's like a senator or yes. running to be a senator something, or something. Something like that. Yes. Oh my God. They fall in love in Manhattan. It's so good. It's beautiful. He's also in the Grand Budapest Hotel, which is one of my favorite yes, movies. I've never lo- seen it. So good. It's oh, such a good gosh. movie. I haven't seen good movies because i've seen movies like made in manhattan <laughs> like a thousand times I of course on dvd it's why i listen to Nora oh Jones. my dear if you also Wizard like made God. in manhattan like someone hit me up oh okay. my Atlanta. uh yeah but i think that was just a theatrical choice by ralphians to play voldemort that way yeah I, I just think it was his personal choice and i per- i love it because it leads to the most Funny, awkward Voldemort <laughs> moments. Hashtag Draco's hug. Ah, yes, I was gonna say that. <laughs> so, so oh, good. you remember Draco, right? The mediocre guy. Oh my hey, goodness, are hey. you still butt hurt? I'm still hurt about it, but only because Elizabeth told us the episode was posted. <laughs> so I went to go listen to a little bit of it, like a weirdo. And you're triggered. And that's literally what it opened up to, and I was so hurt, and now I feel hurt again. But remember, but I took it back. I, I took know, it back. We came to a resolution, but I haven't gotten to that part of the episode yet. <laughs> So your feelings haven't resolved. My feelings have not resolved yet. It's on a pause. Yeah. Our next question comes from somebody named Metapaca54. Wow. Wow. We've kind of already answered this in a roundabout way, but they asked, do you pronounce it the way it is meant to be said with a silent T or how it is widely pronounced? How it's widely pronounced, at least for me. Yeah, for me. I say Voldemort. I had no idea that there was a silent T. Yes. Have you never listened to the audiobooks? He says Voldemort. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he just stops. It's the again, French pronunciation. Yeah. Again, I don't trust the audiobooks pronunciation. Oh, my God, with your canuts. <laughs> Who says canuts? I know. I know. But what if we're wrong? What if it is canuts? What if it is Asio? Oh, God. Know, no, no, no. Asio, I believe. No, I don't. Asio, I believe because it sounds... Like the Italian pronunciation of it. Oh my god, I'm so mad at you again. But Canuts goes against any English variation that I know. <laughs> that I know. So my like grammar Nazi is just like, uh, what are you doing? Like, stop. Well, we all say Voldemort with a T. 
Uh, but usually I really refer to him as Voldy. Yeah. So lovingly you call the Voldy. You saw this video, Jenny. I've seen it the one time. I'm sorry. You've seen this video. There's no excuses to give us faces. All right. The last one comes to us from Teamer Media. And um, it's like a really Ooh. big question that will be answered in a separate episode. Like, not even this episode. Yeah, yeah. man. Too big. Uh, but she says, thoughts on Bellatrix and Voldy's love child. Spoiler alert. The only thing I will say that I know for sure is that if they conceived this child, which apparently they did because it, we have to accept that it's canon, <laughs> then it would have been after the battle of the Department of Mysteries. Yep. Yes. Yep. Or at the department, whatever. Which is weird because I just read that scene today because hashtag facts. Yep. And he's literally like, shut up, you piece of trash. I'm dealing with some stuff over here. Yeah. And then they both just kind of like disapparate together. And I was like, oh my God, maybe it was like hate sex. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't. Or maybe it was celebratory sex because unfortunately. I can't. Okay, so, uh. yes, we we will have a whole episode on the Cursed Child come December. Can I yes. say something? Yes. How does he not have a nose, but, but he has the capability a- to make a kid? Okay, again, me angry. this is magic. There's no reasoning behind it, no logic. Uh. If you all can't tell, we have a lot of feelings about the Cursed Child, as I'm sure many of you do as well. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned it so much already, we Talked about it when we talked about Bellatrix in our Riddles Gang episode. We're talking about it now. It's coming up, man. This conversation's it's coming, coming. It's coming up. You're getting sm- small snippets of how we feel. <laughs> Jenny cannot. I'm making uh, vomiting faces in the corner. <laughs> so uh, before we move on, hmm. okay, it's a what you've been waiting for. Ooh. You may have noticed that I said earlier I had to use the books today. because you know i wanted hashtag facts it's only the second time i've ever opened the books for this reason and that's because pottermore is gone my friends which we knew (laughs) i like i knew that the wizarding world was a thing it's an app now too but literally you cannot search you cannot find information you can't do anything Except read these weird, like, BuzzFeed articles. Like, six reasons you should be a proud Ravenclaw. And it's making me hashtag upset. It's really frustrating because normally, you know, it would be super easy to find Pottermore information. You could just do you could just do a Google search. You don't even have to go to the website and search it up on the actual website. And when you do that Google search and you click on the link now, it'll either say something like page not found yeah. or to redirect you to some place where completely different. And it's like, no, I just <laughs> want to know more information about this. I'm yeah. so mad. Not so with like, this- it's just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So with this change, it makes it more difficult for us as like Harry Potter podcasters. Cause we heavily relied on all the beautiful information that was on Pottermore. Yeah. Pottermore, how it was literally just a few weeks ago, you can... For my last episode. Yeah, for for most of our episodes and for most of Pottermore's existence, except for for Beta Pottermore, Mm -hmm. there was a search bar, and all you could do was search up Harry Potter. Yeah. You search up Harry Potter, and every article about the character of Harry Potter, including Joe's special writings on Harry, 
pop up. They're all just gone. mentions. Yeah. They threw them in the fire. And there would be profiles. Like we would have. Yeah. So for our stands out there that have been listening to us for a while at this point, we would be able to talk about skills and what Pottermore yeah. mentions as skills I and had stuff. A birth date, a death date, I, hobbies. I'm All that information. Mad. Oh my I'm god, I would have loved mad. to have Voldemort's hobby. Wow. Probably I know. making horcrux. Let's just make it up. Let's make it up. I kind of made I kind of made some stuff up. His All right. his well, hobby, his hobby is He crochets snakes. Making like, horcruxes. Crocheting, crocheting snakes. snakes. Like, but not like crocheting it. snakes. Like he crochets snake skins. So they're like warm in the winter. That's um not how that works, because like snakes are cold blooded. Shush. <laughs> this is my hobby <laughs> for Voldemort. I just want to fact check you, bro. <laughs> She's like, I know animals. Literally, my whole career just paid off for that one moment. But listen, Voldemort still cares for his snakes. He doesn't trust the snakes cold-blooded. Um, He's still okay. I don't like you right now. So we're going to move on. Yes, but we're just all like very, very yes. upset over this yeah. uh, Pottermore Wizarding World transition. Yeah, I'm pretty mad. I yep. at first wasn't upset when they first announced this transition. Because yeah, I, I was like, oh, you know, they're just going to make everything more pretty. Yeah. The new sorting ceremony came out and I'm it's sorry. Trash PS. It's not a new sorting ceremony. It's the exact same questions. They just made it look different. Yeah, they just revamped mm-hmm. it. They just revamped it. But it's also it. trash because it sorted me into Gryffindor, and that's not me. Well, Gryffindor isn't trash. It just was trash for sorting you into the wrong house. Yeah. Let's that's clarify what I'm that, that right is what now. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Don't be offended. Don't write me letters. Yeah. But I'm a Ravenclaw through and through. Yeah, but don't don't get fooled into thinking that you're taking a new sorting hat quiz. It is the same exact questions. It just looks different. It has and new then animation. And then I'll tell you, okay, oh, by the way, Jenny, like we sorted you into this new house, Gryffindor, so it looks like you changed. But if you still want to stay in Ravenclaw. Thank God. Just pick Ravenclaw. Listen, I'm happy for that feature. <laughs> Everybody on our Twitter was like, I got sorted into the same house. Like, I'm such a Gryffindor. I'm such a Hufflepuff. Yeah, and I got I was sorted. Like, Listen, some of us aren't that lucky. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. I have like a lot of personality. He knows I could go either way. I got sorted back into Gryffindor. Literally, no one cares about you, Hermione. Whoa. <laughs> so, Marianne did the nicety of writing us some general facts about uh, Voldemort. Yeah. But I just really want everybody to know that it's super important <laughs> to Marianne that she tell us that he is, in fact, a Slytherin. Just so you guys know. Just in case you didn't know. In case, you know, I don't de- have all the facts. The descendant of Salazar Slytherin yeah. is Hashtag in Slytherin. Facts. <laughs> Well, he's a Slytherin, duh. That's literally what I wrote. Allegedly, he's a Slytherin. He's actually a New Year's Eve baby. So I didn't know this, but he was born on New Year's Eve 1926, Uh which is crazy. Oh, I thought you meant he was conceived on New Year's Eve. And I was like, how did you get this information? (laughs) (laughs) J.K. Rowling tweeted it. Could you imagine? Well, that's all we'll have now is her old tweets because Pottermore is gone. I'm screaming. No, he was born on New Year's Eve, like December 31st or the 31st of December. Depends where you're from and how you say it. Um, Basically everywhere else in the world. Everywhere else in December. Very inclusive. (laughs) Right. 
Um, we obviously know that he is a half blood. If you didn't know, well, now, now know. you know. Uh, which I think is super cool because it's a parallel to Harry. Yeah, they're both half bloods that grew up in the Muggle world and had no knowledge of magic growing up. So that I think was really important to mention, as well as I've got a little quote for you, Jenny. Oh, so from a quote. From Pottermore says, of course, as Sirius once told Harry, most wizarding families were related in some way. And it certainly wasn't this distant, unknown connection that led Voldemort to target Harry. And what that's talking about is actually that they're distantly related because of the Peveril family. So that's also something to keep in mind that their ancestry, very, 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 very far away. They're actually very closely related. If you don't know, the Peveril family, uh, they were the three brothers who had the like initial uh, Deathly Hallows. Yes, yes. And that's Um, how Harry gets the invisibility cloak. Yes, and that's how... um, Slytherin, lol. That's how Voldemort (laughs) retrieves uh, the ring. With the resurrection stone. Yes. You're wow. Right, so they're actually right. more directly dis I for some reason that just clicked in my head, they're actually more directly descended from each other than originally thought because yes. they come from the same brothers. Yeah. yeah exactly. I feel like I noticed this when I read the books, but I'm having a re revelation. It's I not had a couple revelations today, just like mm-hmm. skimming through stuff. It's just really nice to see those parallels. Like they're they were always bonded together in some yeah. way. It just blows my mind that this woman just like thought all of this up. Yes, that I is kept it in order. I feel like that's the theme of our podcast. Yeah. I think How so. Did J.K. Rowling <laughs> do this? Do all of this? How? I have questions. I have questions. Anyways, so moving on to our skills. Obviously, we mentioned what we think we would hope that Voldemort would have skills for. But <laughs> besides that, the obvious ones would probably be parcel tongue, even though we've already talked about. It's not a skill. Not really a skill. You were born with it. You're, it's not a skill. Maybe you're born with it. Maybe. <laughs> I just said the same thing, right? Um, and then, of course, the two words that I probably can't pronounce at all, occlumency and legilimency. 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 Yeah. No, occlumency. Occlumency. Oh. Legilimency. There we go. Jenny says Thank it for you, us, Jenny. and that's why she's here. You're the so Ravenclaw. But obviously, those are obvious obvious skills of his. He was also a head boy, and he was part of the Slug Club. Mm-hmm. And he also received like a ton of medals and trophies, apparently, which yeah. is nuts. And that's just Special goes to sh- services to the school. That yep. goes exactly. That just goes to show you that maybe winning awards isn't everything in life. Because oh, if Voldemort, yes, if Voldemort out, is out here winning things, and he turned out to be the scum of the earth, then. <laughs> I don't even know. Can I ask you a question? Yes. How do we know that he won the trophy to special services to the school? It was in the book, yeah, The uh, Half-Blood Prince. Yeah, but how do we know? No, it was in Chamber of Secrets. Oh, the, oh yes, 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 yes. You're right. You're know? correct. How do we know? Because of Ronald Billius Weasley. He gets attention. He throws up some slugs on it. He's got <laughs> yep. to clean it a thousand times. You're welcome. Oh, my and goodness. And he sees the name. Tom Riddle. Look at him. What a smart guy. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. We also have a little bit of etymology. For those of you who don't know, that means the the names, basically. The Um, names. (laughs) The names. So something that's really interesting that I found, um, when we're talking about the specific, because honestly, Voldemort has like a million names. Voldemort, the actual end part of that name, Mort, means death in the Gaelic tongue. I would have never guessed that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Wow. Wild, right? Yeah, I wrote down all of his other names. 
But we've already covered those. Yeah, we did. We did. And then obviously now, Lady B. our can't. little <laughs> Lady V comes out. Okay, I cannot in wait. The notes, and you guys gotta shout at it when you see it. We just gotta, we just gotta accept it, you embrace Lady V. But anyway, so now transitioning to what we start getting into the books and stuff. Let's talk a little bit about his early life, right? Let's talk yeah. about which and me. All right, so we get a lot of his early life uh, through the Half Blood Prince, which is yes. why the Half Blood Prince is my favorite book. Very important. I was feeling the Half Blood Prince today. Yeah, no, yeah. the Half Blood Prince is so important when it comes to Voldemort. So like, good. it's I mean, so, good. so important. There's a lot to talk about when we get to that book. But. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but to start off first, we're starting off with conception. Yep, yeah. very important, right? Anyways, um, so. He was conceived through a love potion, actually. So his mother, who, as we know, he is half-blood. His mother was a witch. Can I ask a question? His father was a muggle. Yes. Mam's a witch. (laughs) Mam's a witch. So anyways, yes. So he was conceived through a love potion. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. (laughs) Whoa, that was nice. And the little sound effects in my ears. Um, So I'm not exactly sure why she must have used it, whether her... His mother was insecure, in love with this person. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to talk about we're it. We're going to talk about it later. But I believe there's a theory saying that he wasn't ever ever able to understand love because he was conceived through a love potion. Okay. There's this theory out there, which is really cool. I'm not buying it, but maybe. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, just really a, interesting. Like a, a long-term pin in this episode? A be, long-term pin? Yeah, like... To be unpinned where? In another episode. Because there's About a, what? There's also a theory... Uh-huh. ...that Molly Weasley used a love potion on Arthur. <gasps> what? Yes. And while listening to the Prisoner of Azkaban this week at work, they say that, like, Harry was coming downstairs or something, and Molly was talking with Hermione and Ginny, and they were all laughing about a time that Molly made a love potion. So part of that is canon. It's in the books. Yes, but... So I think that's where like the theory sprang from. But I read it once. It's like a long theory. There's lots of information. Might just be fun to explore, but possibly a long-term pin for our Weasley episode. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. and that's why I, I say it's a theory because it's never really ever been confirmed. But I thought yeah. that was just really interesting because if you have to use a love potion in order to get someone to kind of fall in love with you and stuff, especially since we've already seen it like in Fantastic Beasts 2 with a very similar situation where oh, yeah. Queenie used it on... God, I can't remember his name, and I can't. I'm so upset about myself. Fantastic. Jacob? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Ja- Allegedly. Allegedly, right? <laughs> when Queenie uses it on Jacob, no, I think it is Jacob. Um, Jacob Col- Kowalski. Kowalski. Kowalski? Yeah. I was like, are we making that up? For a second, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, wait, is that Mike Wazowski? <laughs> Mike Wazowski. Either way, we see it in Fantastic Beasts too, so I just thought it was really interesting. But now I'm going to unpin something that I think is really interesting. So we obviously know, uh, because I've talked about it before, if not, um, Voldemort is a part of the House of Gaunt. Gaunt Mm -hmm. is a part of the branch that is related to Salazar Slytherin, right? This is just this really big, huge family, right? So the... A quote on the Gaunts is, The Gaunts, a very ancient wizarding family noted for a vein of instability and violence that flourished through the generations due to their habit of marrying their own cousins. Yes. See, this this is why. I think this is why he's nuts. Because they inbred so much 
that they literally, the gods, had a reputation of having crazies in their family. Maybe that's why he doesn't have a nose. You think He's so? He had a nose before. Yeah, he though. had a nose before, oh, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's an inbred Never situation. Remember, we were almost saying he was hot super Tom, hot in Chamber yeah, of Secrets. I hot gotcha, Tom gotcha. Riddle. Yeah, exactly. God, but so I, hot. but I do think that's a reason why he's always had some crazy part of him ever since he was young. Like he didn't have to be raised with that. I think it was always a part of him. I like where your head's at, bro. Thank you so much. You're I did so my, welcome. I did a little bit of my research today. Yeah. But maybe, maybe Bellatrix's family is inbred, and that's why she's psycho too. Maybe. That I don't know. True. These but, wizarding families, man. Yeah. I just think I mean, it's serious was crazy. Just, you know, like a good kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's gross. They they really only inbred it because they followed <laughs> Salazar Slytherin's beliefs so freaking hard. Ugh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But I anyways. Inbred is a word though. Inbred. That is. That's in-breded. oh inbreded. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys. Me speaking, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, so we know that he grew up in an orphanage where that's where he was born. In London. In London. And the orphanage is going to be important in just a hot second. He's basically a freaking sociopath. Oh, yes. Or at least. Marianne is like going in on this guy. I am. I honestly can't deal because he just, he always had this fake charming personality, especially at Hogwarts to fool other people. Obviously, when Dumbledore first met him at the orphanage, he didn't have this wall up of being like very charming and manipulative mm-hmm. in that sense. So Dumbledore could see through all of that stuff. That, oh, this kid is going to grow up to be a psychopath. Exactly, man. And I just think that because he saw him with his guard down, um, he never, Voldemort never tried to be pals with Dumbledore at that point. And overall, that just kind of became his fear and his hatred for Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, too, like with good reason, I mean, during this time, too, is when um, everything that's going on with Fantastic Beasts is happening as well. Like, that's so true. So that's when freaking Grindelwald is out here doing his thing, and then Dumbledore is like, ah, ha, ha, no, we already know how that's going to end. So it's a good reason why wow. Voldemort doesn't really want to mess with Dumbledore. He's probably already fearing him Knowing the truth about his personality and stuff like that, dude, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy oh, that like second, there's like- a child Voldemort in Hogwarts while the battle with Grindelwald is happening. Yes, because but remember, like- as I mentioned, he was born in 1926, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, allegedly the first Fantastic Beast is happening and around that exact around that same time. time. Mm-hmm. And then we have that fast forward. In 1945 is when we know that big battle with Hap- the big happens. bad happens. That would, wait, hold on. being Dumbledore. Yes. Your boyfriend Night- is literally trying to blow up the planet. <laughs> and then you've got like creepy kid in the corner who's going to also try and blow up the planet. Yes. Which, by the way, I just realized timeline wise, the battle of with Grindelwald, the defeat of Grindelwald happened in 1945. Yes. Voldemort graduated Hogwarts 1945. Yep. <laughs> That's when he started going crazy. That's, and he started Horcruxes shortly yep. really after. No. He no? started Horcruxes at the age of 16 when yes. he created the diary. Yes. Oh, but that's the same sugar. year. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the same year. Remember, he's 16 for his seventh year. He starts 16, then yeah. December hits, and then he turns 17. December 31st. Yes. You're right. I'm paying attention. Gotcha. Wow, this is a lot of like, woo. Isn't it crazy? It's so exciting. Yay, Marianne spooky and season. Elizabeth are literally wiggling. 
Okay, I actually love Voldemort as a character. Not, he's not fun. as a person. I'm but just yeah. mad that he's like, I love Voldemort as a character, but Draco is mediocre. <laughs> I'm mad. Let's continue. Anyways. Okay. okay, so I just noticed I must have been really upset earlier <laughs> because I literally cursed in the Google Doc. I'm not going to obviously say it on I cursed a lot of live. you too today. Pay <laughs> me up. Pay me the money. You can get these. They're so good. <laughs> it's fine. Anyways, but I would just like to say, since we've already mentioned, at the age of 16, he literally opened the Chamber of Secrets <laughs> at the age of 16 for the first time, guys. Like, no. he cha- he opened it. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna at 16 this. years old. I'm going to read this verbatim. <laughs> In all caps. He fudging opened the Chamber of Secrets the first time at age 16, guys. Like, what? He just found out he was a wizard, like, yesterday. (laughs) But he did. Like, only five years before that. And he's here. He Okay, so basically what happened was he found out his ancestry because he thought, this kid, daddy issues, right? He thinks... (laughs) Hashtag daddy. I can't. <laughs> Hashtag we're, daddy issues with right now. Heated. This kid, he's like, oh, my mom, no. My mom, this is the feminist in me is like, oh, itching, right? He's like, my mom obviously was the muggle. My dad was the one oh, that was yeah. the wizard, whatever. He's searching for his dad somewhere in Hogwarts. <laughs> obviously, his dad is the freaking muggle, whatever. He finds out... <laughs> Jenny can't stand me right now. I'm just so Jenny's dying. Right now. I'm crying. Hair <laughs> tears flowing from my eyes. I can't. But anyways, so he ends up finding out his true name. After he finds out his true name, he's like, okay, so Gaunt, I'm part of this whole family of Gaunt, whatever, right? What a terrible family name. Awful family name. But anyways, he finds out he's part of the Slytherin line and some way, somehow, finds out about the Chamber of Secrets. Some way, somehow, finds the Chamber of Secrets, freaking tames the Basilisk, and then he's oh like, God. all right, I'm going to leash it. No, read the I note. Just, read the note. No. It says, found it, tamed the Basilisk, and I oop. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag oop. O-O-P. I I understand. I can't. Guys, this is just going to be such a good episode. (laughs) I have cried from laughing. We are so heated. Marianne, Shahid, the both of you wiggled. We literally haven't even gotten to the first book. It's the spooky season, man. It's getting to me. All the stands out there. We're going back to our roots, and we're going book by book for this one. Yes. Haven't even gotten to the first one. Yes. It's crazy. You know, you mentioning him finding the Chamber of Secrets, I literally pictured him like going around the school <laughs> going like ah, <laughs> It's just like whispering it. It's like that meme of Dumbledore like, hey Minerva to every cat except it's Voldemort walking around like <laughs> But also why was he walking into the girls' bathroom? Yo, for real. Like, How do you get that information? Hashtag daddy. I've got, what? I don't know, man. He's got daddy <laughs> issues. Right. This kid. So we're gonna jump into the first book. <laughs> this is just his like brief part of his backstory. I, yes, that was only I, like a hot, a hot second of I know, it. And we're gonna get back into it when yes. we actually learn about his backstory. <laughs> so I don't know. Just cool down and then get heated again. <sighs> Woo! So I'm the ready. First book. Uh, they call that Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. 
everywhere else but what? here. Uh, so obviously this is where we first hear about Lady V, since that's when uh, <laughs> Harry learns the beginning of what is the truth of his life. And I put a shout out to Dumbledore there because he's an idiot. So um, at some point he becomes attached to Quirrell's head. And he tries to steal the Sorcerer's Stone. So that's kind of the premise of this book. If you've yep. ever read it, I totally mm. just spoiled it for you. Whoa. Um, so he's drinking unicorn blood to survive. We know that's like no bueno. It's not good. <laughs> what? Because uh, you will live but a cursed life. A um, half-life. From the moment it touches your lips. Um, Have we seen this movie enough? <laughs> <laughs> there's also a lot of like centaurs yelling, Mars is bright tonight. Uh, so I just thought that that was really important to bring up here. <laughs> Uh, but the first time that we actually hear about Lord Voldemort is from Hagrid. Hagrid. The drunk Hagrid. from the school that we love. Oh, my <laughs> God. Jenny. If you're we... going to call Draco mediocre, then uh. I get to call Hagrid the drunk. <laughs> so, anyways. A lot of feelings. Why but Hagrid is nice. I Don't be mean Hagrid. There's nice drunks. I'm super nice when I'm drunk. <laughs> anyways. So, uh, there's a quote. Uh, it begins, I suppose, with with a person called, but it's incredible you don't know his name. Everyone in our world knows. Harry's like, who, who? bro? <laughs> oh, you want to be Harry? I'll be Hagrid? Yeah, yeah. We're doing some role play for All spooky right. season. <laughs> well, I don't like saying the name if I can help it. No one does. Why not? Gulping gargoyles, Harry. People are so scared. Blimey, this is difficult. See, there was this wizard who went bad, as bad as you could go. Worse. Worse than worse. His name was... Could you write it down here? Nah, I can't spell it. All right, Voldemort. Hagrid shuddered. Don't make me say it again. Anyway, this this wizard, about 20 years ago now, started looking for followers. Got them too. Some were afraid. Some just wanted a bit of power because he was getting himself power, all right. Dark days, Harry. Didn't know who to trust. Didn't dare get friendly with strange wizards or witches. Terrible things happened. He was taking over. Of course, some stood up to him and he killed them. Horribly. One of the only safe places left was Hogwarts. Reckon Dumbledore is the only one you know who was ever afraid of. Didn't dare try taking the school. Not just then, anyway. Which I think is super cool that he says that. Mm-hmm. And then flash forward to book seven. Spoiler alert. He's going to try and take the school. Wow. wow. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I got needed, lost there for a second. We just needed a moment of silence. We, yeah, we did. We needed to recognize that foreshadowing. Uh, but then Hagrid like goes on to tell Harry that Voldemort definitely killed his mom and dad. It was not a car accident. Um, and he also tried to kill Harry, and that's what gave him the scar on his forehead. Wow. That is so much to take in for being right? 11. That's, that's what I was going to say. Like, what if you were 11 and some big, hairy, drunk dude, like, walked up to you and was like, hey, this guy totally murdered hey. your parents. Your whole life is a lie. P.S. You can do magic. See you in September. Yep. It's a lot. <laughs> but uh, the next time that we see Voldemort in that book, we're actually in the room with Quirrell and the Mirror of Airsed after Harry goes through all of those challenges um, looking for the Sorcerer's Stone. And he speaks directly to Harry. 
Um, he, so this is where I was telling you that we kind of get like a description of himself, like from him. Yeah. But he refers to himself as I quote, mere shadow and vapor. Um, unless he can possess another body, in which case, obviously he's taking like another form. Uh, but he mentions that he has always had those willing to let them into their hearts and minds, which kind of touches upon what Marianne was saying earlier in the Mm -hmm. episode about him being like really charming. Um, yeah, he he really knows like how to work a crowd. Yeah, which is very similar to the previous big bad of the Wizarding World, Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Grindelwald always knew how yeah. to charm people, and yes. that's how we get that storyline in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, he knows like what buttons to press. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this is like the first time that I guess I realized like Voldy's kind of smart. Yes, in that he's, aspect. I mean, he's stupid in like a lot of aspects. Yes, yeah, and we'll get to that. Like, he knows like what he can do. Yeah. yeah, he knows what he's capable of doing, and yeah. he knows how to use that to his advantage. And yes. even when he doesn't have to read your mind to do it, too, like yeah. So it's even worse that he can read your mind yeah, and get yeah. into it. Yeah, and your feelings. So Ooh. if you guys remember, oh. go ahead. Like. Now we're talking about reading minds. It kind of goes into how Voldemort knew that the stone was in Harry's pocket. Are you reading the notes? That it's literally my next question. I'm <laughs> like, how did y'all think he found that? Legilimency. He probably yes. that's probably what he used. That's what I was gonna ask if you guys thought it was that. Wait, I mean, it would have to be, I guess. Question. So if Voldemort was in a a weakened state, right? So his body was in a weakened state. Yeah. His mind wasn't. It seemed Ooh. like he had like full faculties of his mind it appears so yeah but that that, to me that doesn't make sense if you're you're basically it does to me vapor i mean he could talk so why not right i mean it is magic but i don't know i feel like if your body is so weakened that you can't physically even possess it anymore but that's exactly why it makes sense to me though because your body is the physical and your mind is the not physical Mm -hmm. so if your physical body is destroyed you know, you're obviously saving your soul, which is also not part of the physical body. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to preserve that, then why aren't you able to preserve your mind? I don't know. I feel like if he was still, like, weakened, I, f- I don't feel like he should have had, like, his full faculties of his mind. But I don't know. That's just me personally. But obviously, it makes a better story. That <laughs> it gives us seven bucks. Yes. But, yeah, so um, Harry refuses to give him the stone, like a bad bee. Um, and Voldy says, better save your own life and join me or you'll meet the same end as your parents. So my question to you is, if he handed over the stone to Voldemort, do you think that he really would have let Harry live? No. Like. No. Just no. Knowing what we know now. Yeah. Storyline wise about the prophecy. Yes. He would have never let Harry leave there alive if it was up to him. You know what? When I was writing that question, didn't really think about the prophecy. Wow. So, uh, you know, that's a good answer. (laughs) Move on. Move on. We're moving on. Uh, But yeah, so when Harry wakes up in the hospital wing, he's talking to Dumbledore. And so this is a pattern that I noticed. We always kind of end whatever book it is. With, like, Harry waking up in the hospital and, like, asking Dumbledore a bunch of questions. Um, but if, even if he's not waking up in the hospital, we kind of finish the book with, like, Harry asking Dumbledore a bunch of questions. Because yeah. that's how it is in our, at the end of every podcast of ours. We're of always asking every- J.K. Rowling a bunch of questions. I have questions. It's a parallel. Yeah. Wow. Well. So, um, when he wakes up in the hospital wing and he's talking to Dumbledore... 
Um, Dumbledore informs him, like, Voldy has left Quirrell behind to die. Um, and he says he shows as little mercy to his followers as his enemies. So it almost makes me question, like, whatever Voldemort was, I mean, people knew him. Like, he had a brand. Yeah. And you knew that he wasn't, like, a nice guy. So it's, like, how he gained so many followers being so ruthless and cruel, I just don't get it. Like, how did everybody just be like, peace out, there's one of you, there's several of us, like, I don't need this negativity in my life, goodbye. Because that just goes to show you how powerful he was. He, one, his charm is that powerful that even though he can literally kill someone at the drop of a hat and not even blink an eye, people will still flock to him by him just, like, speaking to them. And it also goes to show you how powerful of a dark wizard he was that people knew that even though if he was the only one standing in the room, there could be 10 other wizards, and the chances are you wouldn't make it out alive if you were facing him. The only person who could face him and live at that time when he was at his first height was Dumbledore. Yeah, I think fear just played a really, really big part of it. God, I wish I would have copied the quote that I read on somewhere on Pottermore or somewhere online where it was like... Well, it wasn't his, Pottermore today. Maybe not, but it was something about he something about his Death Eaters and it didn't... This Death Eaters didn't just consist of people that believed in what he... Um, what he believed in. It was also people consisting like of Wormtail who just were afraid of not being with him and not surviving. Yeah. Um, so I think that also... Yeah, really, like that makes sense. brought people I, I in. Think like you, a lot of people were betting that he was going to come out on top. Exactly, yeah. and they wanted to be like in his good graces before that happened. Yeah, and like even though yes, he could be <clears throat> sorry, even though he could be just as ruthless and as cruel with his own followers, you kind of stood a better chance of surviving yeah. than opposing him. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's why. Crazy times, man. Are we satisfied with book one? I think so. Yeah, we, we just get a little snippet of him. Yeah, I mean, like, not, yeah, not a lot of stuff happens in, like, the beginning, I feel, compared yeah. to what we get. At, oh, least, yeah. at least in the beginning, he feels, uh, it's, when we were reading it, we were young, Harry is young, yeah. so we're really just reading it as the big bad that yeah. we're getting. He's not, he's very one-dimensional right now, because yeah. he's just evil. Um, we don't know why he's evil. We don't know his backstory and stuff like that. He's just the evil dude. Yeah. He killed Terry's parents. Exactly. It's not complicated. He's it's he's not a complicated antagonist yet. So. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move on to the Chamber of Secrets. Wow. Ooh, um, I love This is a good this. one for yeah. him. It is. Absolutely. Besides um, Half-Blood Prince. It's also a good one for us. Yes. It's super hot Tom Riddle. Super hot Tom Riddle. Yes. This is when we meet Tom Riddle in this book. Um, so Tom is a preservation of a memory, um, which I wrote down that it messes with me mentally since like he's a Horcrux. Yeah. But I guess it's just what they were saying until the Horcrux storyline came out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's Um, more what it is. But yeah. So I guess, you know, his memory or whatever Mm -hmm. starts talking to Ginny and was able to identify with what was happening at that time. So I'm a little bit confused because... We know that he's a Horcrux, and when he comes out of the diary and he's been, like, feasting on little Jinjin, he's, like, a 16-year-old boy. Yeah. So I guess he just knows, like, what 16-year-old Voldemort knew, and then Ginny is, like, filling him in. I think so. Like, hey, bro, it's 
whatever year it was then. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what's going on. And I think he also got a lot of like. Which that's confusing to me. I think he got, this is why I'm going into it. I think he got a lot of backstory on his life, why he knew like he eventually gained power and did yeah. all this stuff, why he eventually did follow through with the name Lord Voldemort is because Ginny was infatuated with Harry. Uh-huh. Yes, that, I'm sure that makes sense she talked me. about Harry all the time. And with Harry, you have to speak about, oh yeah, you know, Harry, when he was born, he defeated yeah. the Dark Lord. Yes, but my my question is, is if we can preserve his memory and we can preserve his mind, then why is he coming out as a 16-year-old boy? That's what I don't understand. Like, why because is he that's, coming as, like, past Voldemort? Because that's when it was made? But, and I think so, so. So that leads me to my other question, which is, do you just come back as, like, whatever age you were when you made that specific horcrux? Like, I'm confused and I have questions. Yeah, I don't I don't think the magic has been explained to us fully when uh-huh. it comes to coming back after making a horcrux because it do, it doesn't seem consistent. Yeah. yeah. Where we get the memory of Tom Riddle look like you would get physical 16-year-old Tom Riddle, mm-hmm. whereas when he was brought back in Goblet of Fire... He was brought back looking like the Lord Voldemort that everyone knew when he yeah. split his soul. Which is mm-hmm. because he was brought back by that weird like potion spell, whatever. Yes. So it's like that didn't is that use, different? Did like, that use a horcrux? No. No. I mean uh, we'll get to, blood, but we'll we'll get there when we get there. But I I don't know. I always so interpret now. I, exactly. We have questions. <laughs> I always interpreted the um journal horcrux as just that was just a memory of him he hadn't become like full flesh yet like he wasn't remember jenny jenny never had died yet she hadn't like been gone yeah so i don't think he was complete flesh and then because of that he was still a memory and that's why he was still 16 so you think like if jenny had completely died yes he He would have taken the form of yes eventually but then he would have come back. Another question that Full I have form. is he leaves Quirrell mm-hmm. and he turns back into like his little smoke and vapor, whatever. So is 16 year old Riddle existing at the same time that like weird smoke Voldemort is happening? Like, where did he go after Quirrell died? I think so. Yeah. But again, I th- that's why I think it's a memory and it's not so much as him as a flesh person. I have. Yeah. I have many questions I, as well. I think, again, maybe if he had succeeded and Ginny had died, mm-hmm. his r- remaining soul that yes. was floating around Romania, Albania, wherever, Albania, <laughs> <laughs> would have, like, I guess, because all the, all the soul pieces seem to have been connected. They kind of mm-hmm. knew when each other were destroyed and stuff like that. I guess mm-hmm. they would have known if, like, one was brought back. And that floating soul would have had the opportunity to join the together. other. Yeah. And I don't know, but he didn't know when the other ones were being destroyed. Remember, we'll get there too. I wrote it down, but he has to go and check. And also when he comes back in book four, like he has no idea that this diary has been destroyed until Lucius has to like tell That's him. That's true. So I'm, I'm just confused. I'm, I'm getting confused. I think we'll get, we'll, we might be able to get more information by the time we get to Goblet of Fire. So Perhaps. possibly I, I, I have some thoughts, but Wizarding I want to wait World. until we get there. Write us an article. Wizarding World. That's not a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> That's not a BuzzFeed article. Well, about- I don't know. Seven ways to find out 
anything about a horcrux. We don't want yeah, 10, 10 handy dandy spells <laughs> that you think you would use in everyday life if you were in the wizarding world. We don't want that. Gaka. <laughs> so, anyways, in this book, we learn that he is the heir to Slytherin. What? Yeah, I know. Wow. Weird. I know. Um, but I'm also like super enamored that he must have sat at a desk writing out weird names using the letters yes. Tom Marvolo Riddle before he found Lord Voldemort. Truth. Um, but so when Harry is writing in the diary, Riddle shows him what happened when the chamber was open um, 50 years ago from that book. But yes. we learn that young Tom Riddle went to speak with Professor Dippet. And so we learned a couple things there. One is that he wanted to stay at Hogwarts for the summer holidays, which, P.S., Harry wants to do as well. Yeah. Um, Dippet says that special arrangements might have been able to be made, but because of the circumstances, they cannot. By circumstances, they mean Modi Myrtle has died, something is loose inside the castle, and the Ministry of Magic is thinking of closing the school. Can you believe that? Yeah. Because after that, because again, freaking 16-year-old Voldemort uh. opened the Chamber of Secrets when he just found out he was related to Salazar Slytherin. Just want to say that. He only stopped the Basilisk killings because he didn't want to go back to the orphanage. Yep. It's called That's it. self-preservation. That's it. That's all. That's only. This that's the only reason why they stopped. This is a Slytherin thing. I cannot. That's literally the only reason why he blamed Hagrid. If not, if he didn't have to go back to the orphanage, if the Hogwarts could have still remained open, at least up until his graduation, he would have kept killing people. That goes to show you, though, that he is oh my totally. God, he would have. Yeah. He would have kept killing people. He's, That's it. He's such a sixteen-year-old, though, because he didn't think through the consequences of his yeah. actions. <laughs> I didn't like, even think about that. Did he oh, really think that, oh, I'm going <laughs> to open the Chamber of Secrets and start killing all these mudbloods, and yet the school would still stay open while everyone's in danger? I mean, if anything goes to show Harry's timeline, all this Gaka's going on, they freaking brought, brought the tr whole Triwizard Tournament, and they're like, it's okay. I he's not, he's not too far away from judgment on that call, on that decision-making. <laughs> yeah. What? It wouldn't be too surprising, you would think, right? I, honestly, I'm here with Marianne. I agree. <laughs> Those people are crazy. They run a crazy school. Who knows? But so that just goes to show you this this kid is crazy. He was like, that's fine. I'm going to kill people at He's 16. Delusional. So later in the book, Harry actually enters the Chamber of Secrets. And he finds Ginny Whoa. unconscious on the floor. Ginny. Future um, wife. So the first words that Tom Riddle speaks to Harry are, she won't wake. Psych. You're wrong. <laughs> uh, clearly, he's already like super cocky that he's going to out in this scenario. And that seems to be like his downfall every time. Every yep. time. Um, but when Harry Absolutely. asks if he's a ghost, he says, and this is a quote, a memory preserved in a diary for 50 years. And that is where my questions arose. Yep. But we won't go back to them. Yeah. So um, this is kind of like a callback to my earlier comment, but Riddle literally says, if I see it myself, Harry, I've, oh, oh, I'm sorry. If I say it myself, Harry, I've always been able to charm the people I needed. So Ginny mm. poured out her soul to me and her soul happened to be exactly what I wanted. 
I grew stronger and stronger on a diet of her deepest fears, her darkest secrets. Poor I Jenny. Grew powerful, far more powerful than little Miss Weasley. Powerful enough to start feeding Miss Weasley a few of my secrets. To start pouring a little of my soul back into her. So I guess like that's maybe what feeds a horcrux? Like another <laughs> soul? I don't know. Again, more this, questions. This, this science, scientific magic needs to be explained to us because yes, it, it almost sounds like what he was doing to Quirrell. Yeah. Where he was... Like, possessing and... Possessing. So, like, would he have eventually just, like, he killed Ginny's soul and possessed Ginny's body? Yes, because that is what happens when he possesses animals in the forest. Like, they just die. Yeah, they just die. Snakes are dying left and right. He's creating a problem in the ecosystem. (laughs) It's horrible. Thank you, Zookeeper. But, yeah, like, so we... What do we have had? Like, Lord Voldemort... Ginny? Oh, or what do you? Oh, I have so much. Uh, oh my god, that would be such an ugly picture. I know. In his little monologue here in the chamber, he's talking about Hagrid and how he kind of like blamed him for everything that was going on or whatever. Because he, he didn't says, want to go back to the orphanage. He says it took me five whole years. He's talking about figuring out his parentage and how to open the chamber. It took him five years, and he said. How do they think that Hagrid could have done this as if he had the brains or the power? So he's kind of giving us a glimpse into like, A, how pompous he really was. Yeah. But B, like how dangerous it is like when he underestimates people like that. Because then, you know, I mean, he gonna die. Yeah. So. Yep. So, you know, whatever. But yeah. And then something I also really took away from that monologue is he calls Ginny boring because she struggled and cried like on her way down to the chamber because she didn't want to go. And he's like, yeah, like this girl's boring. <laughs> That's so sad. Like, dude is a psycho. And I feel for Ginny so much because he's a like, sociopath. She's... Get it very. Yeah. <laughs> he... I'm feeling attacked. He's just crazy. And I feel so bad for Ginny that she's gone through this. And I think we mentioned it in, when we talked about Harry. Like, this is why her and Harry. Yeah. Have mm-hmm. such a deep connection. Yep. Because she literally had a piece of Voldemort inside of her and manipulating her. Yep. Mm-hmm. And again, the only other person. So shared trauma, bro. Who shared can it, trauma, bro. The only other person who felt that was Harry. Wow. Uh, oh. <laughs> There's two kinds of reactions. That's a weird type of therapy session for their marriage. Right? Yeah. Oh. Gross. It's like, oh, remember the time when like Voldemort made you do that? Yeah, honey, I remember when he made me do this. What <laughs> so is weird? So, These conversations. It reminds I don't... me of that meme. It like floats around Instagram, and it's like me when I'm talking to like a boy or something, and it's like, "Hey, do you have the same type of anxiety as I have?" I feel like that's genuine. They're having. Yes. They're just on their sofa talking about their woes, about how Voldemort just ruined their lives. Instead of thinking of proper names for their children. So, anyways, <laughs> um. Literally, Voldemort abandons his name and becomes Voldemort because he finds out that it comes from muggle parentage. Duh. (laughs) Here's where my daddy issues come into play. Do you think that his hate for muggles would have been absent if his father had not abandoned him? Like, what if Moreau 
Merope, whatever, kept using the loaf potion. Tom Riddle stayed. He was cool with all of it. Never abandoned Voldemort. He grew up with a family. No, because he is a gaunt and they are inbred and they are all proven to be crazy. So, no. I feel like... I feel like he was always born to be crazy. Maybe it would have taken a little bit longer. But it would have emerged. I think it would have emerged. I think eventually he would have found out that he is related to Salazar Slytherin. He would have thought that that was a superior part of him. And even if he had a good relationship with his dad, he would be a, a be with an itch and abandon that relationship with his father. All yeah. Right. Especially the fact that the other Gaunts had very similar um, beliefs as what we know as Voldemort's beliefs were. Yeah. They they also didn't really respect Tom Riddle Sr. So just goes to show you. Okay. So Harry ends all of this nonsense by stabbing the Horcrux. Of course. Bum, bum, bum. How? Just by with a reflex, too. Also with a Not basilisk fang. So yes. yes, Salazar Slytherin. All that uh. good the fudging basilisk, <laughs> did ya? Spooky season. Spooky season. So when Harry is talking to Dumbledore after all of that is over, hashtag themes, uh, we find out that Dumbledore thinks that Voldy put some of himself in Harry on the night that he killed Lily and James. That Are, just sounds gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds oh. so bad. Oh, so, Jenny. So bad. So. <laughs> With that being said. That's like our first hint. Like, Harry's the Horcrux. Yeah. I think it's time to move on. Yeah. Moving on <laughs> to The Prisoner of Azkaban. Wow. This is the only book without a scene with Voldy in it. <gasps> what? Oh. Allegedly. Allegedly? Yeah. Allegedly? Does he pop up in the sixth one? Like, we get, like, the sixth one is we get do we actually see him? Yeah, We right? get past Voldemort in the sixth one. We actually do not get physical current Voldemort yeah. in the sixth one. Yes. yes he I is guess. only spoken about. Yes. Yeah. So then there you go. There's two. But it's it. It don't. It doesn't feel as empty as Prisoner of Azkaban because yeah. we are talking about him and getting so much of his backstory. Exactly, yeah. and Prisoner of Azkaban really doesn't even correlate much about Voldemort. Like, yes, the yeah. events were surrounded because of Voldemort's presence, yeah. but it wasn't like he wasn't the uh, main antagonist of the yeah. story. I mean, we hear about him when we're talking about like Peter Pettigrew's background and stuff. Exactly. Like that, but- I personally think that Voldemort isn't in this book as much because we had to focus on all the greatness that comes yeah. with Sirius, Orion Black. Exactly. And I think that's just more reasons <laughs> why Jenny Prisoner of Azkaban is the superior book and movie. Just saying, because for all those reasons, for the lack of Voldemort and for the plentiful gatherings of Sirius Black and information on him. Just saying. I'm just happy. Wow, Prisoner of Azkaban, what a nice place to chill. <laughs> we don't we even, just, I don't want to move on to the next here? place. Yeah. yeah. Can we just p- stay in this maybe, beautiful place of like Voldemort never like wears her ex? She was like, let's give him a break from Voldemort. Let's give him like serious and all that greatness because like the next book is going to ruin your life. Yep. That's pretty much it. We can just stay here forever, right? Yes. It's fine. We uh, never have to continue the podcast. Sirius is alive. Yep. He's happy. He's happy. Harriet just found out he has. Family. I love this book. 
Remus Lupin is in it. Oh, love that guy too. Then we've got some Alfonso aesthetics oh, in the movie. The we've got the Hogwarts Bridge. The nice, beautiful double trouble mix. Welcome to the Goblet of Fire. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Okay. So the first thing discussed in this book is the Riddle House. Wow. This is the first time since the first book that we open up on something that is not like Harry. Yeah. Um. So we learn. And it's also the, the first time that we get such a dark opening. Oh, yeah. yeah that's for true. sure. Because, you know, the, the Dursley's opening was pretty kind of like lighthearted. Ugh. Yeah. Until the end when we find out. I mean, it's still generally lighthearted. Yeah. This is this is dark from like the first sentence. This is like murder. Yeah, you go. I I feel like this book truly signifies the transition out of like the the children's realm into our young adult realm. I mean, for me, like Sirius did that, but that's just like a personal belief. Well, I think (laughs) Sirius awakened some things in you, so let's just like move on. Yeah, I can't believe that you just said that to me. So (laughs) we learned that the Riddles used to live in a town called Little Hangleton, um, and they have a gardener, Frank. He wakes up in the middle of the night. He is his knees hurt. He's an old dude, Uh, and he wanders over to the house. Poor Frank. Some people are like messing around in there, being vandalizers hooligans <laughs> hooligans uh but what we really hear is wormtail and voldy speaking to each other and so wormtail is feeding voldemort yep uh, we learn so shortly thereafter that they're milking nagini and yep. that's what voldemort is using yep. it is so gross we to also me. learn that he's super weak sauce um and that they're planning something and that voldemort wants to use harry for it and wormtail is like dude You've been trying this since, like, the late 90s. Like, maybe you should hit up another wizard. And Voldemort's like, are you sick of looking at me the way that I look right now? He's so needy, dude. For Wormtail, he's so needy. (laughs) But, basically, Harry sees uh, kind of, like, all of this happening in a dream, uh, which that's really going to come to play in the next book. So Mm -hmm. let's put a pin in it. Oh, that was horrible. It's fine. We'll, we'll get it next time. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. This is sorry the first time for that I jumped our, in. Yeah. Sorry for our headphone users. It was. I think it was just me that was off. <laughs> but anyways, um, I like basically Voldemort like murders in cold blood this dude. Um, so the next time after the first chapter that we see Voldemort is chapter thirty-two, titled "Flesh, Blood, and Bone." Wow. Um, oh. and so basically, like I know this is gonna get super sad. Um, if you have tissues oh. nearby, grab them. God, because we're gonna cry. So Harry I'm already and Cedric, starting. Okay, if you cry like for real right now, like I'll actually judge you. Yeah, please don't, because then that means I'll be the only one that didn't cry this episode. I and will cry. We don't need to do I that. I cried from laughing. She's gonna cry because she's a loser. Suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> Having a kid softened you. So Harry and Cedric. <laughs> Our tri wizard, uh, what do they call those? Champions. Champions. <laughs> what do they call them? Champions. And so they end up in a cemetery after touching the portkey that God. was the tri wizard. Are you crying? <laughs> it just gets me every time. It's like Edward from Twilight. Relax. We no. need you to stop. <laughs> oh my God. What if this is when he becomes like a vampire? <laughs> Oh no! That's hashtag like, multi fandom. Hashtag multi fandom. <laughs> How long have you been seventeen? <gasps> Isn't he seventeen in this book? 
a while. I'm making connections. Whoa. Anyways. So Harry and Cedric see a man approaching with what is described to look like a baby or a bundle of ropes. Either one. That's really weird. That's, That's like in the book. They're literally like, it's either a baby or a bundle of ropes. I feel like that's two very different things. Obviously, it's Voldemort. I have a question. Does this mean it that me. this bundle of robes or possible, you know, Voldemort, did he exist the entire time? Or was this the puff of smoke I from the first book that just kind of marinated into this, like, human kind of thing? So I'm pretty sure, I don't know if we get this in some of the later books or if I remember reading this from a previous Pottermore article. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Pottermore. Um, I th- I believe that Wormtail goes to find Voldemort, and Voldemort is still possessing animals in kind of like that ethereal form. Mm-hmm. And I think while cahooting with uh, Voldemort. That's cahooting. <laughs> yes. Look it up in the Oxford English Dictionary. <laughs> it's a thing. Um, I'm pretty sure... That's when Voldemort told him, like, hey, I have this snake called Nagini. Can you get her? Um, we need we need her. And I think Nagini's, like, milk is what gave him, like, the strength since he was, like, feeding more of kind of his soul back into him that he was to take more of, like, a, uh, an actual body form. This all sounds very weird. Yeah, so two things. Uh, one, snakes don't have milk. Two... Um, I think it's Wormtail does go back to find him, but then like one night he's out doing some stuff and he sees Bertha Jorkins, uh, which should not see him because he cannot be alive. And he like brings her to Voldemort and he says at some point in the book, he's like, oh, like I couldn't possess her. her. She was like useless after I was done torturing her. So I think at some point in there they find him some like weird halfway house of a body. But I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. So they found a body for him and then he just inhabited that body mm-hmm. or that body was it always is, kind of there. It is not expressly written. It, yeah. In this the is parts very... of the book that I read today. Interesting. So I need, I have questions. Add yeah. it to the questions list. I would also like to say, because you are correct, obviously snakes don't have milk, but we do now that have inf- the information that Nagini used to be human. Well, she definitely does not have mammary glands if she's a snake, human or not. But still, that's what I'm but saying because it's magic. I think they're milking her fangs. Okay. And they're not, they're not like actually drinking milk. He's like drinking her venom, I think is what's happening. Interesting. Because you can milk a snake. I just wanted to let you know they don't yeah, have milk. Yeah, yeah. They're just uh-huh. like, they're getting the stuff out of her fangs, I think. Mm. But yeah. Poor Nagini, man. Nikini's probably had such a crazy life, and we don't even know the half of it yet. I'm I'm so excited. I'm excited to know, too. Okay, so back to the Goblet of Fire. Um, Elizabeth is crying, (laughs) and Voldemort is like, I don't know, chilling as this weird little baby thing. What did he look like? like, So gross. And Cedric is murdered in cold blood. Um, And then we find out that... Voldemort has chosen the grave of his father as the location where they will execute their plan. And so... Hashtag daddy issues. Hashtag, hashtag daddy, daddy issues. issues. 
So the description of Voldemort before he goes into the cauldron is, and I quote, a hunched child. It was hairless and scaly looking, a dark, raw, reddish black. Oh, God. Its arms and legs were thin and feeble. And its face, no child alive ever had a face like that. Flat and snake-like. With gleaming red eyes. Going back to the snake like kind of the dude resurrection. Is effed up. I forget how gross much, how gross the description is in the book. Because <laughs> I've always found uh, Voldemort in the book way scarier than Voldemort Agreed. in the movie. I feel like yeah. Voldemort in the movie, even though they did a great job removing himself so he didn't look human, man, if they added in those red contacts. Oh. Ugh, that's it. It's those red eyes that get me yeah. every time. So my favorite part of the scene, honestly, is the recipe for whatever it is what, how, that they're like cooking up. This is so. So mm, it is I, this needs bone to be of the father unknowingly given. You will renew your son. Flesh of the servant willingly given. You will revive your master. Blood of the enemy forcibly taken. You will resurrect your foe. So basically, takes a bone from the grave, from his slices dad. off his hand, and then takes some blood from Harry. I like his biggest mistake. <laughs> yeah, biggest mistake. He literally could have picked anyone else that disliked him and was considered an enemy to him, which is basically anyone else in the order. Yeah, and he decides to go for the fourteen-year-old kid. All out of spite, and yet this was his undoing. Wormtail tried to tell him. <laughs> he was like, dude, yeah. this kid is not good luck. <laughs> we should try someone else. But he, Voldemort doesn't listen because he's stubborn. Yep. yep. He was um, just so stuck on that prophecy, man. Yeah. So because I read the description of Voldemort before he gets placed in the cauldron, um, his description after he is like risen, uh, he is tall and skeletally thin. He's whiter than a skull with wide, livid scarlet eyes and a nose that was flat as a snake's with slits for nostrils. Scary, man. Spooky season. Spooky season. Um, so literally his first order of business is to call up his loser gang. Um, and they start showing up like little by little. He uses the dark mark on Pettigrew. Um, and he tells Harry that the first good bit of backstory is happening here, like, other than the Chamber of Secrets. Um, But he's telling Harry, like, Tom Riddle was his muggle father who left his witch mother before um, he was, like, even born. He had to be raised in a muggle orphanage because his mother died while giving birth, and Voldy swore to revenge himself upon his father, and so he killed him. Yeah. So that's, like, a lot of information. And Harry's probably, like, Cool story, uh, bro. Cool story, bro. You just killed my friend here. I kind of want to uh, leave with my yeah. life. Uh, this is a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Patrick. This is a Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> so he calls the Death Eaters his true family, Heck which God. I was like, dude, you don't even have friends. Like, how are you calling them your family? It's a literally. He's, mani- he's using it yeah, to manipulate. But he's yeah. also about to like eviscerate all of them. He's a sociopath. Like, he has no idea about relationships and like forming them with other people. So um, he says that they knew the steps he had taken to guard himself against mortal death. Mm, I'm, I have, interesting. I have, I have thoughts about that. I'm, 
I'm putting another pin in it. I feel like he would have been that kid in class who was like, I have a secret, but I'm not going to tell you. you <laughs> oh, know? my He's like, God. I have traveled down the path of immortality. I'm not going to tell you how. Wow. That's you can't kill me. Ha-ha. But just so you know. <laughs> but just so you know. I can't die. <laughs> I so, can't. Um, I can't. He's really pissy for two reasons. A, that nobody came to look for him. Nope. Uh, but also B, that nobody believes he could return. I can't believe you guys never came and found me. Stage five, clinger. <laughs> so Avery, who is a Death Eater, takes off his hood and asks for forgiveness. Mistake on your part, dude. Uh, so Volte just like hits him with a crucio and then tells him he wants 13 years of repayment before he forgives anybody. He's mm. like, I was out there chilling in the forest all this time. Y'all were living your lives. Like, you're going to repay me. I would just like to bring back Lucius Malfoy and Jason Isaac saying, a whisp of your whereabouts. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I just always think it's just like he's like I want 13 years of repayment and literally all I can think of is Sirius saying I did my waiting 12, 12 years of it, it, it has gone. Sorry everybody. So um, <laughs> this just convinces me further that he has like serious abandonment slash daddy issues. Of course. Um, but Wormtail is like, dude, you promised me a hand. Like, where is my hand? <laughs> like, where like, is my he's, hand? He's literally bleeding out. Yeah, he's like got it wrapped in his dirty clothes, which I'm like, the entire time I'm reading it, I'm like, you're going to get such a nasty infection. Like, it doesn't matter that he's going to give you a new one. Like, you're going to have to cut the arm off. <laughs> but anyways. That's fine. Wormtail literally like cuts his hand off, brings him back, and is immediately like, dude, where's my new hand? And Voldemort doesn't give it to him until all the Death Eaters are there. He's ripped them a new one. And now they're like all watching him. And he's like, I'm going to give this guy a hand because he helped me out in a hard time. <laughs> so he's kind of like lecturing these people. It's like when you're in trouble with your sibling and yep. your mom is like, they're going to get ice cream and you're going to watch. <laughs> Pretty much. But uh, Lucius is then directly addressed as his slippery friend. Um, and Voldemort like even Voldemort knew he ain't loyal he ain't loyal he calls out Lucius's cowardice but uh, basically he starts like stating his plan which I feel like if you're a villain then maybe we should learn from past villains and we should stop telling so many people our plans yeah you know it's not like it's been a story that hasn't been told over and over and over again that when the villain gives their lecture that's their downfall yes so he starts telling these people his plan but like harry's chilling like stuck to his father's grave he's like listening to the plan so yep, i feel literally. like you probably should have tried to kill him first and then maybe then covered the plan <laughs> but he basically lets his arch nemesis know like Hey, bro, I may not see you for a while, but here's, like, what I'm going to be doing. Yep. So his plan as of right now is to break out the Azkaban peeps. He's going to have the Dementors join them since it's their hashtag rightful place. He's going to recall the Giants. And basically, like, this dude is living in the past. He's like, I've been, like, asleep, dead, smoke, vape, or whatever for all these years. We're just going to, like, kind of press play and keep going. So he aye, tells aye, the aye. story to the Death Eaters about Lily's sacrifice because he just can't handle like anybody thinking that he wasn't like the most powerful. 
So he's like, no, guys, like Lily threw herself. It was like some old magic. Like, it's my bad. Yeah. But like, I know what I'm doing now. <laughs> and then he still doesn't he know, still what, doesn't he's know doing. what he's doing. <laughs> um, but he tells the story of how like he arrived at the graveyard, basically. And he says that he was like ripped from his body. Um, and he wants to prove that Harry is not stronger than him. So he's going to like give him the chance to fight. So like, again, logically, this is dumb. Like, if you're a villain, you can't, like, kill this kid. You've tried so many times. Like, why are you giving him a chance to run away and fight you? Because he thinks so much of himself. And, again, that is his downfall. He is such a conceited, egotistical person that he's like, oh, even though I can't defeat him as a one-year-old, even though I can't defeat him as an 11 or a (laughs) 12-year-old, I'm going to try now that he's 14 yeah. and he's learned Expelliarmus. He's like, hey, guys, I can only take me four tries, but I'm finally going to kill this kid. So nope. they start dueling. He uses Crucio to, like, make Harry bow. And then he tries to use the Imperius curse and Harry resists it. Um, yeah. And then their wands connect. And they actually use the same spells against each other as they use in book seven. Uh, so Harry uses Expelliarmus. Yep. And Voldemort uses the Gillikers. But uh, then, like, Cedric, Bertha, Lily, and James come out of Voldy's wand. Which, P.S., the first thing to come out of Voldy's wand is, like, Wormtail's, like, new hand thing. Really? Yes. Because oh, cause it was, it was the last. Yeah. Kentatum, or however you say it. Yeah. Uh, but basically, like, all of these, like, half-ghost memory people mm-hmm. give Harry the chance to get to the Borky. Like, they buy him some time. I've always found that so interesting that these uh, technically like ethereal figures are still like basically the person and doing like what they would do. Like they are still, I don't know if I'm finding like my, my correct wording. There's like a word that I'm trying to say here, but they are still themselves. Yeah. Even though they're just like a, they have like a cognitive function. There we go. You're welcome. Thank you. But it's kind of crazy. Like, they know what's going on. They're like, oh, man, we're dead. There's my son. Like, gotta save him. Yeah. And then they can, like, hatch a plan and work together. Yeah, it's kind um, of crazy. Yeah. Magic's but, weird. And Cedric also gives Harry the directive, like, take my body back. Um, but it <sighs> I'm also I'm going to start crying just, again. Take my body back, Harry. <laughs> but it also makes me think um, of, like, later on in the books when Dumbledore's portrait is, like, giving Snape instruction yeah. after he's already died. And I'm like, what? Yeah, all, 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 I all of these... I, I, I guess that's just, like, the point of magic. Like, there's no real, like, explanation why all of these other versions of people still have their full cognitive capabilities and can basically act like the person. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically, obviously, we know how it ends. Harry gets to the port key. He takes back Cedric's body. Yeah, no one believes. Diggory is like, my son! And then everybody cries, and the movie's over. Well, I mean, stuff happens with your fave, Barney Crouch Jr. Uh, But after that, the movie (laughs) is over. Um, And so it kind of um, is like the transition you know, like the cliffhanger of the series. Yeah, it really is. Because I believe in every other book, it's kind of like wrapped up nice and neat. But in this one, it's like, oh man, Voldemort's back. Boom, the end. Yeah. So that's also the end of our episode. What? Yeah. <gasps> wow. Yeah. 
Surprise. leaving you guys. It's a two-parter. It is a two-parter. We're leaving you on our own cliffhanger, so we will come back. Ooh. What? At some point. We'll come what? back in our okay. next episode. I'm Nini. <laughs> I'm the stage five Voldemort clinger. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what? If you want to entertain yourself in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram as the three broom chicks. You can also follow us on Twitter at the number three broom chicks. And go like our Facebook page, the three broom chicks. And tune in to next week. <laughs> yeah, tune in next week for part two of our Dark Lord. Whoa. Spooky season. <laughs> and as always, we are the three, three broom, broom chicks. chicks and 16 year old version of Voldemort's Hogwarts.